Hello everyone and welcome to the Western Sydney Business Podcast. My name is Thomas Mosca and this series is designed to interview people from around Western Sydney who are working to make it a city of the future. In this episode, I sit down with Julie Scott from Liverpool City Council. She's the manager of City Economy and we talk all things happening in Liverpool's CBD. Hello everyone and welcome to the Western Sydney Business Podcast. I'm joined by Julie Scott of Liverpool City Council. How are you, Julie? I'm really well, Thomas. Thank you so much for the invite. It's my absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, So today we're going to be talking about, I suppose, the continued investment in Liverpool amongst COVID-19 and what measures Council has in place um, to assist in the recovery and and broadly um, the city economy of Liverpool as you're the manager of that division of Council. Is that correct? That is correct. All right, so give us an overview as to what it means to be the manager of city economy for Liverpool City Council. Sure, thank you. Well, city economy is obviously a very fancy title. Um, When you break it down, it's very much around that business development and investment attraction space. Uh, So I've been very lucky over the years to get a a council that's been very supportive of giving me lots of resources to really position Liverpool uh, on the business uh, space out there and Mm. and really position it um, as as Sydney's third CBD. So... In in a nutshell, I've got three streams of work uh, that my team and I do. Uh, One stream is business development, and that are things like investment attraction, working with local businesses, working with the small business community in terms of building up their capacity, and and just recently uh, having someone on on to look at employment opportunities, especially now with COVID, uh, looking at all the displaced and redeployed people out there and what we could be doing uh, for them. Uh, My second stream is around city activation, and, and what that means is, uh, Liverpool uh, is still wanting a nighttime economy. We still yep. tend to become a bit of a ghost town after five o'clock, especially now. Yeah, certainly. Yep. We're really looking at some long-term plans of how we can activate um, so the cafes and restaurants scene and, and really try and, and uh, get the workers here to stay here after five o'clock and, and really work and uh, yeah, live and play as, as it goes. Yeah, uh, and then thirdly, right. I've got uh, an innovation stream where we're actually looking at how do we become smarter in the way we do things. Uh, we've got some fantastic... Uh, residents who actually live in our backyard who are really, uh, they're young, uh, we've got a young population, they're looking at professional careers and how do we use innovation and being a smart city to really look at uh, the future generations and what we can position the city to be. It's an incredibly broad range of things you do and I know you've put on fantastic events such as Invest Liverpool, uh, especially the latest one, Invest Liverpool 2020, uh, which I attended, which is you know always a great time of year and it's great to see what Liverpool Council is doing. Uh, how long have you been with council doing all this? It's coming up to eight years, which is wow. really surprising for me. Um, I originally just joined as a, a six-month contractor to really look at how uh, council wanted to, to sort of like look at the economic development space. And uh, I, was gonna, I was just going to write a brief, prepare a framework, and, and off I trotted to you know, uh, travel around the world. And eight years later, I'm still waiting to get out of here. Wow. <laughs> and so what's led you to this point in your career? What were you doing before this? And, you know, what led you up and to making that decision to go, right, I'm going to stay at Liverpool Council and I'm going to, you know, take on this role. And, you know, here you are eight, eight years later. 
Yeah, uh, and, and uh, it, it was a really um, a bit of a, a career shift changing decision for me. I, I had come from a, um, a lot of years working as an executive for the state government and prior to that as an executive with the private sector. Um, and when I um, decided to leave state government back in 2012, I kind of looked back on my uh, a career and thought, well, what do I really enjoy doing? What did really get me up of the morning, get me passionate about yeah. all the different elements of my job back then? And what really always appealed to me was that really grassroots regional development stuff, working in new economies, working in new cities who hadn't really reached their potential. Um, and, you know, much like I had done in Parramatta back in the 90s, I really saw Liverpool as really at that cusp uh, and so I thought, well, okay, how could I use my existing skills around regional development, economic development, uh, investment attraction, uh, and really come back to a grassroots type of level? And that's exactly what's uh, inspired me to be here for the last eight years. Fantastic. And you're doing a great job. Liverpool is continuing to grow. And I know the appetite from my side of real estate, uh, real, uh, Liverpool is just attracting more and more attention from people. And that's fantastic. I credit a lot of that to you and the work you and your team are doing. Oh, thank you so much, Thomas. My pleasure. So with COVID-19, the buzzword that everybody's talking about, how has, you know, it's changed the way we work, it's changed the way we do business. So what has that been like for Liverpool's economy that you can see? Look, the immediate uh, impact was obviously to our city centre. Um, we have mm. a really bustling city centre with the Macquarie Mall. Uh, we've got a lot of streets um, with small business, uh, you know, cafes, retailers, specialist shops, and yeah. almost overnight, all of that disappeared. Uh, you then had this ripple effect of how COVID was affecting the overall economy of Australia. And then you, you almost had, uh, you know, tens of thousands of people become unemployed overnight. Uh, and that really impacted the, the Liverpool fabric because it is a bit of a, a cash economy. It is uh, really, um, you know, really strives from, from the, the roots of having lots of migrants come here over the years. Uh, and I think that was really hitting hard that you don't have a lot of people then walking around the city centre. You don't have people walking into shops and talking about and, and really having that customer buzz. Uh, but saying that, when you then look at some of our other bigger allies around the Liverpool Health Precinct, for instance, uh, yeah. we've got the hospital out there. We've just had a couple of universities make Liverpool uh, city centre their home. And even though, again, they've done it really tough, they're really looking at how they can potentially grow their new markets over the next few years. And so... Yep, absolutely acknowledge that uh, we're going to do it tough for a short period of time, but I reckon that we've got a good enough regional economy that we're going to bounce back a little bit quickly than, more than others. Yeah, that's great. Uh, we'll get into this later. We've got a lot of good things happening for Liverpool that will help boost that. Uh, so obviously, council's taken note of this. Has, have you and your team put in any initiatives to assist with the recovery, uh, you know, helping yeah, the small and, and businesses? Yeah, yeah. And, and we actually base this on the fact that we actually got on the phone very quickly. When, when um, the federal government announced there was going to be lots of lockdowns and restrictions, we wanted to understand from each of our um, you know, sectors out there, what can we be doing to make a difference to them? So rather than sort of like just passing on information that was available on various websites or yeah. online information, we all of us just got on the phones and started doing the ring around to our cafes and restaurants, uh, to the transport and freight sectors out there, to health and education, and really then brought up some, some grassroots intel about what can we be doing to actually support them on a local level. And when we then put together a bit uh, the assistance package that went to council on the 16th of April, that package really reflected how they felt that they could, we could help them on, on the ground. So it was very so community-driven. 
Mm. Oh, very much. Um, you know, and everything that we do within City Economy is is based on the feedback we receive for business. I, I've always been a great believer that I'm never the smartest in the room. Mm. A lot of people out there have got a lot more experience than I have. They've been through a lot more, um, you know, these sort of things. And, and I'm really eager to learn from people. So, you know, when people said to me that, uh, they'd love to have an online presence because they knew they had to move a lot of their, their food offerings to online, but they didn't know where to start. That gave us a great you know, opening to say to them, well, how about we get you someone from the retail sector who can work with you about establishing an online presence? Uh, uh, you know, we can give you an online marketplace where you can get your goods and services um, pretty loaded very quickly. And so we can then go out to the locals to say uh, where we can actually buy things and how we can get to, do, to deliver them to homes very quickly as well. Uh, and that was just one of the uh, the online campaigns that we actually did. And we've also been running uh, the Love Livo hashtag um, to a lot of the campaigns out there yep. as well. And again, trying to encourage locals to buy local. You've got so many local um, businesses who've, who've, who've stayed open. Uh, Black Rose on, um, on George Street. Um, they very quickly pivoted to becoming a bit of an Italian deli. So they've got lots of small <laughs> goods there. Uh, you know, we've got uh, Vine and Grind uh, in Westfield. Uh, and uh, very quickly, they decided to change the way they were offering uh, things out there. So um, knowing that a lot of people were still doing it tough, it's, it's really good to highlight uh, some of the good news stories that are out there and, and how can we help uh, and also provide some uh, financial assistance through our small business grant to really look at how they can improve their business and keep them going. So it sounds like you guys had an absolutely incredible amount to really help out the businesses. I saw a lot of the social media campaigns. I still use a love Liverpool hashtag whenever posting about Liverpool. Um, so it's good, yeah, good to boost that community spirit. Now, one thing I want to talk about, Liverpool, Liverpool does have great infrastructure, right? Rail, you, you touch on the hospital, you know, educational establishments, you touch on these things. Is Liverpool receiving any funding from these institutions to sort of help boost back the economy? Is anything along those lines happening? Sure. And I might actually touch on the hospital and the universities as we, we've talked great. about. Great, go for it. The hospital itself, uh, we were just lucky in timing on this one. So they had put in a very um, ambitious bid to um, to go to a stage two development. Yes. And we got that through the state government budget last year. And so they've been very busy in terms of uh, not only rebuilding um, part, parts of the hospital, but actually they're turning around the whole health precinct uh, down through College and Goulburn Streets and Campbell yeah. Street as well. You, you may be aware that we've got the Ingham Research Institute um, on Certainly Campbell am, Street. Yeah. Well, they're actually doubling in size. Wow. Um, you've got the hospital who's also doing, um, you know, they're going to be doing an integrated cancer centre, uh, an expanded emergency department, uh, neonatal intensive care and critical care. So uh, Liverpool Hospital's always had a fantastic reputation of what they do. Yeah. And now we're actually going to be world class and what, what's going to be there. That is just, I didn't know all that stuff was happening in the, in the hospital. Like it, it's, it's, I would say like it's one of the, it would have to be the largest, right? One of the largest in Australia in terms of hospitals, especially now. Actually the largest yeah, it's actually the largest standalone um, a hospital in Australia. And while we always wow. use the word standalone, Westmead is obviously bigger, but they've got both the private hospital and public hospital there. Um, but, uh, and we understand that um, it, it, we always used to use the catchphrase being the, the biggest hospital in, in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm. Um, and South, South Africa is just currently beating us out with that. But <laughs> we're hoping that with stage two development that we will be one of the biggest. But it's not only about the size of it. Um, it's about it, you know, the hospital itself becomes such a community hub for people. And, and right now, with our healthcare workers being our absolute heroes and what mm. they're, the kind of support they're su uh, supplying to our community, uh, you know, the biggest shout out to them and, and everything they've achieved in the last few weeks and what they're looking for in the next um, next 12 months as well. 
and then on top of that, uh, Thomas, you, you're aware that council itself is, is going to be uh, investing in a new civic place up on Scott Street. Yeah. Uh, and again, we're kind of hoping that these two pieces of infrastructure will give some, um, some surety, some assurance out to the development community that uh, even though it is tough, we are um, investing in our, in our city centre and we really would like you to join in with us. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of the biggest promoters of Liverpool as a, as a city centre for investment. And that brings me to something I wanted to talk about, which was commercial office. So there's no doubt commercial office has been the growing trend in Liverpool CBD for you know probably the past two years since the residential market tapered off. Now, COVID has changed offices forever, right? COVID has now made people start to think, well, do we need such big offices? People can work from home remotely. In your opinion, do you think the demand for office space has changed in Liverpool and will it change for the future? Well, do you think people are going to start to rethink how much office they, they take out in CBDs and cities? Uh, there's no doubt about it that, that things will change. Uh, I think uh, as, a, as a world, as a generation, we'll be really looking at how do we then um, operate in the workplace. Uh, do, do we see ourselves going back five days a week into a workplace, for instance, um, you, you know, or is there going to be a mix there? Because at the, at the mm. heart of it, we are fairly social creatures, and I, do, I think we all enjoy um, you know, catching up uh, by and large, with our, our colleagues and uh, getting that social interaction, but are we going to need, you know, um, a 1,200 metre uh, floor plates, for instance? Mm. Um, you know, are we going to need 20 storey buildings still there, uh, or is it going to flip around to become more mixed use and uh, the flexible workspace and, and sharing of workspace and, and services out there? So I think if you, you and I were having this conversation about a year ago, I'd be saying something different to say there was a, you know, a burning ambition and desire. I think from a lot of the development community of to really look at some commercial opportunities here. And, and you may be aware there's something like, you know, nearly 40,000 uh, square metres of, of commercial that could be built tomorrow. They've all yeah. been approved in our, in our DAs. But whether or not that's now going to have to change and, and whether, uh, you, you know, our investors and, and institutions will now look at a different way of actually using the marketplace is going to be interesting. And, and also, I think, it's going to be quite competitive. Um, you know, right now, the, the rentals and, and the rental returns for the city or Parramatta are still in that expensive uh, bracket. Liverpool is still relatively, um, you know, quite competitive in there. Are we going to see a different sort of, um, you know, tenant want to move into the area? Right, and I think uh, something that I spoke with Lance Chia about was the need for, you know, we work and co-working spaces in mm. Liverpool. I think that's probably going to be more prominent than ever off the back of all this, um, you know, all these COVID uh, issues. I, I want to shift and talk about the Western Sydney Airport because that's something that you know, I look at very closely. I get a lot of questions and speak to a lot of people about, you know, how this is going to impact Liverpool. Like this has probably been the largest announcement in Liverpool's history. Uh, it's a complete game changer for the region. Um, what sort of increase in demand have you seen in for Liverpool since the announcement of the Western Sydney Airport, you know, turning soil? I'll talk about it in two separate levels there, Thomas, and, um, and I think you and I have talked about this before. It's, it's wonderful to have the airport in our backyard, but we should just um, and just not rely on that just as, as an employer, employment hub for a longer term. It's a wonderful okay. piece of infrastructure. It'll be surrounded by a, a, good, a good other pieces of infrastructure, including uh, you know, rail in the north-south uh, rail links and, uh, yeah. and the various road upgrades that are happening. But when you really look at what an airport is, it is a bit of a, uh, almost like a, a bit of a hub and spoke model. You've got three major cities surrounding the airport in Liverpool, Cameltown and Penrith. Uh, all three of them in turn are, are looking at how we can actually improve our employment offerings in each of our city centres. 
Uh, so all three of us have got really bustling innovation precincts in the health yeah. and education sectors. So really, it's our cities that are going to be the employment generators at longer term. The airport certainly will will start to generate um, you know business after 2026. Uh, and then you've got the uh, the fancy terminology of the aerotropolis, which is um, also about attracting the freight logistics uh, sectors and uh, and all the other supply chain sectors that will come out of that. But what you'll have then in the short term, say in the immediate five to ten years, uh, are, you know, companies and um, anybody really looking to do business through the airport, looking at Liverpool as a viable option of actually setting up shop here. Yeah, okay. I, I had a I had a community question come in from Kieran Thomas of UDIA, which I think you you know you've covered. It leads into another question of mine. His question was, how will the Aerotropolis feed Liverpool's economy? And my initial thought, my initial other question was, what is Liverpool's place in the context of Western Sydney Airport? So, and I think I think you've covered that, um, you know, quite well. Liverpool's ready to go. Is essentially I've spoken to other people within council and other people that are looking to invest in these markets. Liverpool, you can build a commercial office building tomorrow. You know, if you, you, you had a site. As I mentioned, we've, we've already got a number of commercial buildings that have been approved through our DA process. Mm. Uh, I know that the development um, community who are associated with those buildings are actively pursuing um, tenants and uh, potential long-term lease out of all of that. So if you wanted to have a turnkey solution, uh, we've got that all ready for you. Uh, yeah. I, I might give you an example of, of how that's actually worked out for us. So the, the airport and the Aerotropolis, um, state government have done a wonderful job in, in trying to attract some really big name tenants to be in that area. Um, one tenant in particular, Hitachi, had made a, uh, arrangements to want to be there, especially around their innovation precinct at the airport longer term. Yeah. But they also saw the immediate opportunities here in Liverpool itself. Uh, if you're familiar with Hitachi, they do everything from um, you know, information technology through to uh, construction machinery and also medical equipment as well. And they love the fact that we had a hospital and a, a medical precinct in the heart of the CBD and also having two universities as part of that. So they just recently signed an MOU with us and are about to roll out a series of activities and initiatives in the next 12 to 18 months. And I've got uh, at least another two other companies that are looking to do the same thing. So it, it's where Liverpool's been positioned where we are an immediate uh, market for them. We've got access to a fantastic talent pool out there. As you've suggested, con connectivity is here as well. So and a lot of global companies are, are actually recognising that and making the move right now. Yeah, okay. And you think, we'll, uh, well, I think you, you, I, you will answer this. You definitely will start seeing more of these companies. Well, yes, the Western Sydney Airport may have that flashy name, but Liverpool is ready to go. As you say, you've seen that with Hitachi at the moment. Mm, very, very much so. And, and uh, when you start seeing, um, you know, the hospital really growing and right now you've got global uh, surgeons and global specialists coming here specifically because of the, the level of, of work and the, the specialities that are happening in that hospital, word will get out that, you know, we are part of the, the larger precinct and the access to the talent pool, the access to the lifestyle. You know, we, we're one of the few councils out there who've really thought hard about open spaces and, and making sure that we provide that for the community of, of healthy living. And I, and I think that's a big draw card for a lot of companies out there these days. Well, it's all certainly happening in, uh, in Liverpool. So what does Liverpool need to go to the next level? You know, what is really, you know, if anything was holding it back, what does it need to go to that next level? I've got a, my opinion, which is, which is tenants. Um, yeah. But from your point of view, do you see anything that could really push Liverpool to the next stage? 
Look, it's it's a tennis, absolutely, Thomas. But I think you and I would agree that Liverpool City Centre itself is looking a little bit tired and dated as well. And I think it does need a bit of a major facelift. Yeah, in certain uh, areas, could definitely use a facelift and, and some new development coming in. Yeah, absolutely. And Council have recognised uh, that and they've actually, um, you know, there's a draft public domain plan that's out there for, for consultation with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got a really ambitious 10-year program of how we're actually going to then change the city centre, you know, from the streets and the laneways through to the car parks and the parks and reserves. Uh, and what I'd, I'd like to say to the private sector, in particular in the development community, the council has is, is putting you know, money where its mouth is. It really is is investing in its city centre. It's looking at how it can position itself out there um, for our for our growing community. And I'd hope that the private sector could actually see the opportunities that that will bring, and and really being you know helping us transform a city of the future. I think you've answered my next question, which is what would you say to anybody listening now thinking about investing in Liverpool or setting up a business in Liverpool? And I think you've, um, you've nailed that perfectly. Um, look, what, what other exciting things are coming up for the remainder of the year and, you know, over these next six months uh, for Liverpool that we can keep an eye out on and, and stay in tune with? Yeah, absolutely. So apart from the, uh, the uh, public domain master plan, and that's going to be finalised hopefully by, by June, July, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll go have a number of upgrade projects as part of that plan. We're already looking at how we can actually improve um, the look and the feel of Railway Street and, and the laneways are around that area. Uh, we're about to go on exhibition with, um, with our LEP, which is the land, uh, land use uh, um, uh, planning, and that's going to be shaping about uh, how we, we're growing as a city over the next uh, you know, few decades. Uh, we've got, obviously, um, all the infrastructure that's going out to the airport, um, a thing called our FAST corridor, yep. uh, which is the rapid transit corridor out to the airport. So council's taking the lead with all of that. Um, the Liverpool Civic Place, early work, starting off hopefully in, in August, September. Yeah, excellent. Uh, and, and also, the, 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 we've actually had to flip the way we deliver our events. Um, so, as you may be aware, we used to, to deliver, um, not only in economic development, but also across council. We'd have something like 300 events that we'd hold, hold right throughout the LGA. And of course, we've had to really look at how we can then hold that online. And so we've got a really ambitious digital event program that's kicking off. Um, in fact, it's already kicked off. And so you've got the Love Live Our Live, you've got Jula Powerhouse and a lot of library mm-hmm. events that have just gone online. And that's all leading up to a national conference that we're having back in November, talking about you know, building a resilient economy and building a resilient community. And how can we take learnings and lessons from the last little while and how can we prepare uh, not only business but our overall community to make sure we come out a bit stronger in all of this. I think you've got a fantastic overview of what's coming up for Liverpool in the next six months. I look forward to that event in November. Um, And Julia, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You've given a fantastic overview of Liverpool's economy and the great work you and your team are doing at Council. Um, I'm always super impressed with what's happening at Liverpool Council. You're one of the best councils um, to deal with and you're always forthcoming with great information as to how to promote your city. So congratulations on that. Thank you so much, Thomas. And thank you always for all your support and um, and your, your constant promotion of Liverpool. We couldn't do it without you. Uh, it's my absolute pleasure. I look forward to having you on another episode, Julie. Thank you. You take care. Speak to you soon. Bye. Okay, Thanks for tuning in to that episode of the Western Sydney Business Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that really informative discussion with Julie Scott from Liverpool City Council. You can find all the other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube.